Lab. I'm your host, Matt. Would you like to buy my condo, Jivanisi? And joining me is the founder of Listed Money Matters and the co-host of the Listed Money Matters podcast, Andrew Fiebert. Hey, man. How's business? Sup? What's yeah, up? dude. $20,000. I will take cash. Small my, unmarked bills. For my condo. Yeah. Dude, uh, that's not enough, but <laughs> I, I really want it gone. Everyone All knows right, that. $22,000. <sighs> How's business? Not, not about my condo. <laughs> Good. I, I emailed uh, Larry and he said, yes, he wants to do my simple wealth experiment. So All right. Well, good to go. He's going to no make one knows what the fuck that means, but I'm glad you brought it up. We'll find out. He's, he's <laughs> we'll going to get customers for simple wealth. All right. And we're still yeah. working on Lasso. Yes. And we got what are we where are we at with that? Because that's kind of what we're going to get into a little bit today. Working on bugs and stuff. It's installed yep. on Listen Money Matters production. Installed yep. on Money Lab. I yep. mean, uh, we're just and, making it tight. And a handful of customers. That's right. And a handful of customers. Well, that's what I'm working on with that, and you're working on that. In this episode, we're talking about running and marketing a SaaS company with our very special guest. But before we get started, this episode is brought to you by Money Lab Pro. You've been asking for it, and I finally made it. Money Lab Pro is a membership where you can access every single one of my online business courses and chat with me and other like-minded business owners in the members-only Money Lab Pro community. You'll also get access to my SEO, monetization, and blogging video courses, my YouTube and podcast video tutorials, my lightning-fast WordPress theme, and so much more. I did the math. And Money Lab Pro includes over 155 over-the-shoulder video lessons and growing. Not to mention, it includes access to templates, processes, and spreadsheets that I use to run all my online businesses. And like I mentioned before, Money Lab Pro also includes a members-only community where you can share your ideas and get expert feedback to help you earn more money with your online business. Go to moneylab.co slash pro right now to sign up. It's super affordable, and there's no reason not to check it out. That's moneylab.co slash pro. All right. We're talking about running and marketing an early stage SaaS product with our guest, who's been on the show before, friend of the show, Justin Jackson. Hey, Justin. Thanks for being here, man. Hey. Thanks for having me. I'm glad you... So you emailed me this morning and said... Can't, and I actually want to read it because uh, <laughs> I, I should have said something cooler to you because I thought it was super cool, but I decided to just like just be professional. But you wrote, it just snowed a bunch here and I'm heading up to the mountain for a morning rip. <laughs> so can we push back our time to record? And I'm like, yeah, it should be a problem. But mo- I should have said like, this is a lifestyle business. This is exactly what this means, right? You can go fucking snowboarding. Out for a rip there, bud. Out for a rip there, bud. Right in the morning, right before you do a podcast. And life is good. You can't you can't beat that. It's true. I yeah. I had I very rarely have calls and I had two today. <laughs> and I was I was like, I know this is gonna be the day that it snows and then it did. Right. So there I had you know. I had to make a choice. Well, the choice, I'm glad you made the choice to go in the morning and hang in with us in the afternoon. Appreciate that. Yeah, sorry it took me 
two hours to get set up so I could talk to you. <laughs> it's fine. Look, technical difficulties aside, glad to have you on. You run a SaaS company, a small, you would consider it like a startup, smaller SaaS company, right? It's oh, transistor.fm. Yeah we, yeah, we just launched in August. So okay. uh, that's how old is that? Uh, uh, is that eight, eight, mu- eight months? Eight, eight months. Okay. Maybe. Sweet. I don't think, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And it's a podcast hosting platform. Yeah. And you have a podcast also that talks about building that platform, right? Yeah. Build your SaaS. Yeah. And you have a book called Marketing for Developers. I feel like you kind of understand uh, startup SaaS companies. Would you, would you, is that a fair assessment? Uh, I guess so. <laughs> I, I mean, I've worked for SaaS companies since 2008. Okay. Well, that's, and, I mean, uh, so I, and I've probably worked for now. This this is this is the first one I've owned, but this is the maybe third or fourth SaaS company I've worked for. Okay. Uh, well, actually, and lots of consulting clients too. I don't know. I I I feel I'm in it, so I yes. understand in I understand it because I'm in it. Yeah. Um. And why did you start? a podcast hosting platform like what was like what like what like did you i mean you've had podcasts previously like you're also mm-hmm. a, I, I would consider you a prolific podcaster um so i it's soon it so it just made sense for you right um no not really for a long okay. time i said i thought podcasting was a terrible business to be in okay <laughs> i'd agree with you <laughs> <laughs> uh so like I, I had this pod. I, I've had this podcast called Product People, and I've had a mm-hmm. newsletter for Product People probably since two thousand, yeah, two thousand twelve. And so I'd get lots of people pitching me ideas, and over the years, a lot of folks would say, "Hey, I've got this tool for podcasters. I've got you know this idea for podcasters," and I would always say, "Don't build it because podcasters wow. are cheap. <laughs> they, mm-hmm. they like they they want to DIY everything. It's it's Two white dudes in a basement, yep. you know, talking about geeky stuff. Uh, pogs, <laughs> yeah, pogs. Um, <laughs> and so, I uh, traditionally I thought, you know, this isn't a good industry to be in. Yeah, I think there's kind of two things that changed. Um, so part of the motivation to build transistor is personal, mm-hmm. and part of it is just the. I felt like the industry changed. So, you know, we're going along and things start to happen. Serial starts to happen. Yep. Gimlet happens. And I, almost like Gimlet in of itself would have been a, enough of a reason for me to start getting back into pod, uh, sorry, get into the podcast industry because there was like all of a sudden you had a big player making content and it kind of created these waves. And then we had businesses looking at podcasting again as just another thing they needed to check off their list. Got to have a blog, got to have Twitter. Hey, maybe we should have a podcast. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, I don't think there's very much money in hobbyist podcasting, but brands, startups, enterprise, right. if they are starting podcasts, for you know, 
different reasons, then yeah. maybe maybe this is worthwhile. This is worth um, investigating. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think, uh, I mean, there's more to it than that, but looking at hearing some of those things, seeing kind of, okay, there's some trends here. There's some patterns here. Uh, like Basecamp has a podcast called Rework. And that podcast has to cost them at least, I'm guessing, $150,000 in salaries. That's a big investment for a company that has like 30 people or something like that and probably has never spent $150,000 on ads in a year ever. So why, mm-hmm. if they're investing money in it, uh, Cards Against Humanity uh, had a podcast that they put on our platform. And I was like, man, that's costing them probably $150,000. So, when I started to see that kind of investment from businesses into podcasting, then it made sense. Then it started to be like, okay, I think this makes sense. The viable mm-hmm. business. And why, why the person, what's the personal reason? Uh, just like I needed something new. I, yeah. I, you know, I'd been, so I did some consulting for a while and then I launched marketing for developers mm-hmm. in 2000. 15. And it did really well. And I thought, okay, this is what I'm going to do now. I'm going to quit consulting and I'm just going to make courses and do this for a long time. It's great business. Mm -hmm. And I think since then, you know, (laughs) in retrospect, it kind of felt like doing that. I tried to turn, uh, I don't know, $150,000 business into a two hundred dollars or $250,000 business. Yeah. And it was just hard. Mm. It was just like really, really tough. Mm-hmm. And there's this, this, this kind of work you do where you're like trying to pump something up. And when you're pumping it up beyond what it's kind of naturally supposed to be, and you can do that for a while, like you can pedal really, really, really hard mm. and hit those speeds, you know? Yeah. But I just realized it wasn't sustainable over time. And so mm-hmm. I think I was ready. By the time I, you know, John and I started talking, I was like, I'm ready, you know? To start the, a SaaS company, like a, a SaaS yeah. business, specifically yeah, for the revenue model. The revenue model and, yeah. And, you know, the... <laughs> The other problem I had is that I had these friends that had, you know, like Nathan Barry is a good friend of mine. Yeah. And I'd seen him, you know, when he started ConvertKit, I thought, Nathan, there's no, this is not going to work. I'm, I'm his longest paying customer. I, and I paid him because I felt sorry for him. Wow. You know, because I was like, this is never going to work. I mean, like, there was MailChimp and all these huge players. Yeah. Huge, huge players. I was, when I started paying Nathan, I was working for an email newsletter SaaS. And so I had a free account and I'm like, okay, Nathan's like, hey, do you want to switch? I'm like, I have a free account with with MailOut. And he's like, yeah, I know. But I'm like, okay, well, I'll, I'll throw you a bone and sure. I'll sign up. But then, and I just thought his course business was amazing. Sh- you know, yeah, it was. It's doing $200,000, $250,000 a year, you know, uh, and I wanted to do that. And so I thought he was crazy to leave that behind and try to go after this thing that he'd worked really hard to get. He got it to five grand and then it dropped down to 1500 or something. And I was like, I don't know, dude. I think 
I would just double Dude. down on courses. Yeah. I and thought the w- same thing, to be honest. And, and one of the things he said to me, uh, one of the benefits of like recording all your conversations is that you could go back and like look at these things. <laughs> yeah. And one of the things he said to me is he said, you know, I know a lot of people who are in the course business and to get it up to a certain level, you really have to put that thing on steroids. And he said, I just don't want to run that kind of business. Mm. And when you say steroids, you mean like a serious, like paid marketing engine. Yeah, yeah. Not just that, but you think about all of the automation that's gone into the space, all mm. of the um it's it's like you just thinking about it now, because I've got a little bit of distance from it. It's crazy the amount of complexity info product people have added to their business. It's just like Tons of crazy funnels. The other day, I I, I tweeted. Uh, I just con Marie'd my ConvertKit sequences. Mm-hmm. I had like thirty or something like that, and I went down to three. And y- you just have to. It's it's like you put your whole business on steroids. You're just pumping it, pumping it, pumping it. Right. You know. And so you know, it's like okay, well, you got to have funnels. You got to have webinars. You got to d- be doing Facebook ads. You have to, and you can't just be doing a funnel. You have to be tweaking it. It has to have automation so that this one triggers that one over there and it goes down. And then you have to do your launch sequence just right. You have to, you know, there's the, it's just a, a very complicated business. Yeah. Compared to Transistor, where, you know, probably like 80% of the people sign up go, uh, I just Googled like best podcast hosting place. You know, and that was it, and that and that's how they find us. It's it's a very it's it's a simplified uh, offer. distribution model and yeah. offer, yeah, and offer. So, what if you don't mind going into it? What is your because you're being is pretty transparent with it, right? Because with your podcast and stuff, mm-hmm. what is your revenue look like? How many customers do you have? And and you started in August, so we know it's been about eight months. So, where are you at now with Transistor? Yeah, uh, this is all public right now mm-hmm. at transistor.bearmetrics.com. Um, so $8,353 in MRR. Mm-hmm. We had thirteen grand in net revenue the last month. Uh, 441 customers. Wow. Uh, 130 customers in the last, new customers in the last month. That's crazy to me. Okay. And uh, and then I was going to tell you one more thing because our our lifetime our our average revenue per user is still quite low because um, most of our our folks are on the nineteen dollar plan. Mm-hmm. That was your um, initial offering. Yeah, we we've always had three tiers, but really there's not a lot to differentiate those tiers right now, mm-hmm. and that's the part that we're building to. So we knew. We're entering a crowded space. Lots of other podcast hosting places out there. Sure. I, I knew I didn't want to be $5 a month. Yep. And, you know, Simplecast at the time was 12 Fireside was 19 And I thought, like, I think the lowest I want to go is 19 to start. Okay. And so we were just building up to some sort of feature parity with Fireside and Simplecast so that we could say, 
you know, this is the starting point. We have at least what they have and hopefully a little bit more. And now we're starting to look at those other plans, the 49 and 99 and going, okay, what can we do in these tiers to really differentiate ourselves and get some of that expansion revenue? Mm-hmm. So the the initial, I guess, nine. so that was basically based on a competitor, right? It, like you didn't pull that number out of your ass. You were just like, hey, this is what this, this is, these people are charging. So we're going to be roughly in line with that. Yeah, we... Yeah, we did a whole episode on pricing. I still find it difficult, especially when you're starting yeah. out. Because <laughs> we had a long I mean, conversations about pricing on last yeah. show, like forever. I mean, it's also difficult because so I'm a huge Basecamp fan. Mm-hmm. Um I I've like Jason Fried and DHH are some of my favorite thinkers and writers. Um, I've developed a relationship with them over the years, so I, I actually can email them every once in a while, ask them for advice. But, you know, their advice is, well, we just, they call it ass pricing. They just pick a, a price out of their ass. Okay. And you can do that in 2004 when they're base. it's like how many project management right, yeah. tools are there? Yeah. Well, there's Basecamp. Mm-hmm. Um, and... You know, at the time, they're competing against Microsoft Project, which mm-hmm. you had to buy a big license for. And so it was like, okay, well, we could pay monthly for this. And only, you know, we pay, we get, I, I can't, I think it's unlimited users. So we don't have to buy a license for each user. And yeah. it seemed like a good deal. But now, not only do you have to pick a price, but you are entering the market. Um, at a huge disadvantage because there's been other people running this marathon for years before you. And so somehow you've got to catch up to those folks. Right. And then I don't know where the metaphor is going to break down here, but like catch up to those folks and then convince a sponsor that they need to sponsor you for the same amount you're sponsoring them. Right. Right. It's like, it's, it's difficult. Mm. And so, uh, yeah, I think pricing is really tricky. And, uh, uh, I think we, I mean, I think we made a few good decisions. Like we didn't start at five. We started at 19 and you don't really know until you launch whether that's going to work. Mm-hmm. And so we launched and it's working pretty good so far. Yeah. How long did it take you to get up to launch? Like how long did you build this to? So uh, let's see here. Um. So John, my co-founder, works for Cards Against Humanity. And they wanted to fund a good news podcast for a year. And they were thinking about different tools they could use. But John had built some podcast hosting tools before. And he said, listen, why don't I just build something on the side? And if it's ready by the time the podcast launches, we'll just use that. And they said, that's fine. So... He kind of did it on the side, I would say, for about maybe six months or something. Okay. And he built this little thing that would host Cards Against Humanity's podcast. And so that I think that launched in December of okay. 2017. We became co-founders January or February of 2018. So shortly after. Shortly after. 
And then from that point, so January to August was our official launch. So about eight months, but in total, I would say probably a year. Okay. In building Transistor, half with you, half with just him. And he's yeah. the, the only developer? Yeah. Okay. So he's doing everything. Plus, he's got a job. Too, yeah. Right? So he's yeah. doing this really on the side. He's doing it really on the side, yeah. Currently, still, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Although, the closer we get to 10K in MRR, the, the closer we get to... Um, you know, him being in a position where he could leave. Yeah. So are you guys 50, uh, 50? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. We um, did a whole episode on that too. Cool. Is it now you said you had somewhere a little over 400 customers currently, mm-hmm. uh, in the last month you've gotten 120, something like that. Yeah. How are you doing that? <laughs> like, <laughs> like w- one, how did you get to the, the 300 and then how did you do it in the last month to like, you know, up that by 25%. Yeah. So I think our first 100, I would guess that 85 of those came from my personal audience. Okay. So just people, you know, I've been, I've been building an audience since 2012. Mm-hmm. About 85 of those said, oh, when this launches, I'm going to launch a podcast with okay. Transistor. And, and most of these people were launching brand new podcasts, right? Um, yeah, that's hard to say now, uh, I, about these numbers might be a little bit off, but I think about 38% of our customers import a podcast. So 38% are switching from some, someone else. Okay. That's a pretty significant number. Yeah. Yeah. There's uh, a lot to like in that actually. There's because it means that generally your people are always switching from something. Yeah. Um, and so you're kind of always stealing time, attention, or money from a different thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Netflix st- stole from from uh, Blockbuster, Blockbuster, but it also stole from iOS gaming, uh, PlayStation mm-hmm. 4 gaming, anything, anytime you might do anything with entertainment, right? Yeah. So yeah, that... The the fact that people switch is is nice, right? Um, what was your question? So <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, you ha- so you got the first eighty five or so with your own list of an audience you've been building. Mm-hmm. I feel like that is currently where we are right now because I think right now our waiting list is just all people from Money Lab for last. Yeah, hour. and I'm yeah. Just, did you have a waiting list? Yeah, and actually, I want to pause right there because I think that was really crucial. Mm. Is the one of the most underrated marketing tools you have is anticipation. <laughs> yes. It's so true. Yeah. And the so we had just a very minimal landing page uh-huh. that just said, you know, uh, I can't remember what it was, and asked people to sign up. But then we communicated to that email list, like we sent them updates and things. And you know, if if you could have asked me, hey, you know, if you guys could have launched earlier, would you have? I wouldn't have. I would have. Eight months was perfect hmm. because you're just building anticipation. It's like um, the, your favorite part about Christmas isn't Christmas Day. Right. It's, it's, lead, it's leading up month. to Christmas Day. Yeah. Oh, 
your favorite part about going to a concert isn't um isn't like the actual concert it's like oh i can't wait like you're counting down the days yeah to see that band right and it gives you so many opportunities to remind people that you are going to do a thing that that is hard to do ever again um you're like always you're able to send up these updates you're able to get them on this journey with you and so they're really invested in your story they're invested in what you're trying to do like i've had numerous notes from people that said you know they've emailed me and said hey i just signed up for transistor there was definitely cheaper options i could have gone with but i'm signing up just because of your story interesting that's it and it's not like they just heard the story yesterday. Yeah. They heard it last week, the month before, the month before that, the month before that. Like it's it's this kind of ongoing saga. Mom- momentum, yeah. And you and you were emailing these people on the waiting list consistently with updates. Yeah. That's where they were kinda, hearing your story, right? Yeah, th- so the the email was one um and then our podcast, podcast was yeah. another one. Uh, which is really fun. Like if you're following, you know, it's like we're talking about, okay, we're doing this, we're doing this. Mm-hmm. All of our like anxieties, like, is this going to work? Um, you know, we're trying to get advice. Sure. And then uh, and then my personal email newsletter, my personal, like some of the best blog posts I wrote were during that time. Just like, man, like the anxiety of this, the the real raw stuff that's going on. Right, right. Uh and so, yeah, that all kind of fed into this anticipation. Um, oh, another kind of thing that worked really well for us is uh, Product Hunt has this thing called Ship. And I always thought it was like not worth it. Um, but Ship allows you to basically build an audience on Product Hunt. And and they give you kind of special placement when you do launch. but it's really easy for people to opt into that. So I think it's, if you go to producthunt.com, it'll be under the upcoming section. Yeah. Um, We probably got two or 300 email addresses from that. And that was, again, in terms of building anticipation, getting people, getting it on their radar, getting them thinking about it. And then when we did launch, we had all of these folks that were, kind of there. Um, so how so many I, people do you think you had on the waiting list between product hunt and your own thing? Oh, it was, it was definitely around 800 to a thousand by the time we launched, wow. maybe even more. Yeah. And then, and then 85 buyers came from that sort of within the first month, you'd say. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So 10%, 10% about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and then what about after that? Like, what have you done since? Like, like obviously this last month was really good. Did you do anything special this last month? Or was it just, has it, is it just like momentum at this point? Yeah. So it, we, we have a few, there's a few things in our favor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Pro- <laughs> is Product Hunt one of them? Because you are a, a you are a big user on Product Hunt, and you I think you were one of the first people to use Product Hunt, right? Yeah, I, I think Product Hunt is good just for um, it's good for buzz. It's good to make a big splash, and the nice thing about making a big splash is that that 
the, the splash itself might not be that interesting, but then the kind of reverberations the ripples. of the splash, the yeah. ripples is what um, can really make a difference. Okay. So I, I would say that that's been, that was helpful. Uh, Product Hunt isn't great because it's not, these are just kind of drive-by folks. They're not, sure. they're not searching Product Hunt with intent. They're just, it's a feed. It's just like, yeah, let's see what's interesting today. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. So I, I think, I mean, all of these things help. Sure. And it's actually, um, I'm, I'm trying not to um, be too confident even about what I'm going to say because I don't really know. Well, I, no, I have, none of us know have, anything, right? It's like, yeah, it's all an experiment. I have, I have some guesses. But, okay. So I'll, I will say one thing, and, and this might play into your business actually, is that uh, affiliates is about 30% of our um, new customers. That's crazy. Yeah. And, so, and you're paying them out the same way ConvertKit does, which is a every month. If you sign up somebody, it's a monthly thing. Yeah, 25% okay. of, of uh, gross revenue. Yeah. yeah. So that uh, so that has been a big driver. And actually, um, I mean, if you look at ConvertKit, um, a big part of their kind of when they took off was positioning. Right. But really the engine that like drove the increase in revenue was affiliates. Yeah. And probably I'm guessing three or four. Mm. <laughs> like three mm. or four people in particular. Mm. And then there's a, a long tail. And we've seen that too. Like there's like there's a few people that drive a lot of those conversions. Mm-hmm. And then there's a long tail of um of affiliates. How much do you think the the payout model that you guys have, which is twenty five percent a month, matters? <clears throat> because if you know, I had hosting a uh, podcast hosting content that was unmonetized. If you were to pay me five dollars or twenty five dollars, I'd probably still do it. You know, is it a mm-hmm. competition with others in the space? Is it because Nathan Barry is a friend and he compelled you? I think there's a few things. Uh, I mean, even from my personal experience doing affiliate stuff, I know what feels worth my time. And I know actually also what gives me that that hit of dopamine when I see an email in my inbox. So even though I don't make a ton of money, I should have become a ConvertKit affiliate from day one. <laughs> I, I waited way too long. But you know, every time I get that ConvertKit affiliate email, it's like, yeah. Like, you know? where else can I put this link? It, it's, it, it just makes you feel good. Sure. You know? And it's still, even with... It's also a marketing does, reminder that you're using, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and a reminder to be like, I, yeah, this is a great product. I still like these folks. Yeah. And, I mean, these aren't big. Even then, so at, with, at 30%, which is what Nathan does... That means I'm getting like $8.70 at a time. Right. So even that's not very big, but it's big enough that it makes me feel something. Mm-hmm. And then I became an advisor for Podia and um, recommended the same strategy because he was, you know, he's like, how can we grow? And I'm like, you know what? Like, 
this has really worked for Nathan. And what would compel me to want to share Podia? If I knew I'm part of the team, if I'm getting a, a substantial part of the revenue. And so um, I think that's actually, it's again, it's hard to say, but what's one of ConvertKit's big competitive advantages versus MailChimp is that MailChimp's affiliate program mm, sucks. It's balls, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, I like them both. Sure. I use them both. Same. Um, but I never promote MailChimp. I know. I mean, it's not like they need my help. Sure. But uh, the the fact that people like ConvertKit and then there's this added bonus to saying, yeah, I'm part of the team. I'm going to share the love and I'm going to get something for my efforts mm-hmm. kind of makes you feel good. Uh, the, the other thing actually that compelled me was that my friend Kyle Fox, uh, who's been my friend forever, was starting Rewardful, getrewardful.com. And so... It, which is an affiliate program that manager, right? That yeah, and he, I just trust him as a product person, and so he's like, Justin, you know, can you test this for us? And I'm like, okay, sure. And then it just, in some ways, if he hadn't done that, we would might have missed out on it because it's become one of our most, yeah, one of our best channels, huh? And I even remember talking to John about it and being like, because John is like such a grumpy pants with all my ideas. <laughs> He like I'll like suggest something and he'll be like, ah, let's think about it. <laughs> and uh I was like, oh man. Okay, John, what do you think about affiliates? He's like, uh, okay, you know, I guess yeah. we could do it. Yeah. Um so it there's a little bit of influence there, and there's a little bit of happy accident. Um I think what I I knew that like search was going to be a big part of our play okay but what i didn't realize is how important an affiliate who's really done a good job of becoming an authority on google for a topic can be yeah i i so it sounds like it is a mixture and i don't know what the percentages are as far as your channels and and whatnot, because I'm sure there's like a there's a lot of smaller channels that maybe bring in a few customers here and there, but the big ones seem to be well, 30% affiliates. That's that's significant for sure. Yeah. And you it's obviously directly you can you can attribute that because you have rewardful. Um, mm-hmm. The uh, I would say like your existing audience and and you being on on Twitter, a power user at uh, product like just you, I guess mm-hmm. in general. Yeah, and the network. The network's been huge. So there's been a substantial uh, number of customers that come from John's personal network, just being in Chicago, being associated with Cards Against Humanity. Mm. Uh, I think there's like 10 podcasts that get recorded at Cards. They have three studios there that are incredible. Really? Um, Yeah, like unbelievable. Um, And a lot of kind of um, well-known podcast personalities are either associated with those folks or record there. And so Hmm. we had a very strong connection there on that side. And then on my side, uh, I'm just connected to so many folks from building relationships over, you know, all these years. Those relationships are so key. And even like, so I think the reality is 
that almost everybody's success, especially when they go from one level to another level, that leveling up always hinges on a relationship. Yeah. I've never seen, I mean, I've interviewed hundreds of founders and that the, the part that makes them go from one thing to another is always um, triggered by, influenced by, uh, connected to a personal relationship. So going back to Nathan Barry, his trigger was Heat and Shaw taking him aside at a conference and saying, what are you doing with ConvertKit? And Nathan's like, well, you know, I'm trying to grow it on the side. And Heaton said, you can't grow this on the side. You either need to double down on it and make it your only focus, or you need to shut it down. Mm-hmm. And I, again, uh, maybe and that he's advice the Kiss would Metrics be, guy, right? Yeah, yeah, he's from Kiss Metrics. Yeah. And again, maybe that's not even good advice, but <laughs> the, the, what motivated Nathan to double down was that connection, that, yeah, that relationship. Mm-hmm. It wasn't reading a book. It wasn't like going and doing ayahuasca. <laughs> right. You know, it was like, it was like, it, it was relationships. And even if you see, if you look at, you know, this happy accident with me and affiliates, that was because Kyle Fox has been my friend forever and he's thinking about affiliates. And so he got me thinking about affiliates like those, that kind of serendipity only happens through relationships. Right. And I think one thing I've noticed in, you know, folks that are trying to do this is a lot of them are kind of coming, you know, they're, they're, they've been working and I don't know, I, I don't want to pick on a state. I always do this. It's um, fine. They're all terrible. They, New Jersey. They, they've been... <laughs> New Jersey is a good one. <laughs> New Jersey. So they're they're working in New Jersey as an ASP.net programmer. And, you know, one day they decide they want to build something. Mm-hmm. They have the technical know-how. They can learn marketing. They can learn all those things. But what they're almost always missing is the groundwork. And part of the groundwork is building relationships. And I just don't see how John and I could have done this any other way. It it's I don't know what percentage of success relies on this, but who you know and who knows you, yeah, those that's a big piece of it. And and to be clear about the relationship piece, because Steph has always told me that that's one of my very underutilized assets. Mm Because I I do know a lot of people as well, and I I am just very quick to just go like I'm not going to bother him. I'm not going to bother Justin. I'm not going to bother Andrew. You're not, are yeah. you talking about not just being friends with this pe- these people and just, you know, bullshitting with them at the bar or whatever, but, mm-hmm. but, or even on Skype or it's, are you asking them for help? Like, yes. should I be emailing people that I know who are in the affiliate marketing space and going like, Hey, I'm launching this thing. Oh yeah. Do something and, for me. Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, but you should be doing it way before in the sure. same, like, like, Building it, putting it on somebody's radar, yeah, um, is like I can't tell you how many friends I have that have come to me and gone, "Hey, I launched this thing today," and it it's like a shock. Like, like where you been? What you you were working on that, <laughs> right? And it's almost um, their identity doesn't seem to match up. Like in my mind, they're like, you know, like with you, it might be. Wait, I thought you were the money lab guy, right? 
what what are you what are you doing? Yeah. And I I need time to accustom myself to the new identity. And so the part of part of just being relational is just messaging someone say and saying, "Hey, what are you doing these days?" Da da da. da. Cool. Hey, uh, I'm just hooking up with John Buddha, and we're working on some podcasting stuff. It's pretty interesting. I struggled with this or whatever. Yeah. And you just you you are always talking about it, and um, eventually, when it comes time to launch, you can say, "Hey, you know that thing I've been talking about forever? We just launched. Could you help me with this, or could you connect me with this, or whatever?" Yeah. Um, I think that's just a good habit to get into. Yeah. And that's, again, something I, I know that I have. I mean, I'm friends with a lot of people. I never, I've never asked for anything. I don't want to, I, I, I kind of, I'm a, a little averse to it, to be honest. Yeah. Well, Kyle is a good friend of mine. Like yeah. I care about him deeply. He had to bug me a shit ton. Really? <laughs> like, you like, and I know it's out of character for him too. Okay, like he's he's very kind of private. And he was and so he was trying to build something, and he wanted he needed help. He he was like, Justin, can I please do a screen share with you? Yeah, and show you what I've built so far. And I was like, Yeah, yeah, we'll do that sometime. Like he asked over and over and over again, and I never on my side, I never found it annoying sure. because. Kyle's got tons of deposits in my love bank. Sure. Like, yeah, um, that's weird. Title. Uh, <laughs> uh, scratch uh, that. Uh, scratch <laughs> that from the record, please. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I'm the fact that he's asking me a lot is fine. Yeah. It's, you know, it's not like he's some stranger from Russia DMing me on Twitter. I've never met this person. Right. And they're asking me over and over again if I can help them with yeah. uh you know uh, submit their thing to product hunt that's different but if you have a friend and you've been sharing your life with them mm-hmm. and then they need help yeah it might you know if if i need help moving i might need to ask andrew like five ten to twenty times right. right to to actually like get out of his routine and do yeah and help, help me you. out yeah, i think it's true. an excellent point the kind of talking about it over a long period of time because mm-hmm. If, mm-hmm. if a friend approached me and like hey uh the moving truck is outside like i just need you to carry some boxes <laughs> i'm like not yeah, in a I'm mental state maybe i'm doing nothing but i'm just that's not probably happening but if i knew about it yeah you yeah. know i've been grabbing beers i'd probably volunteer to do it you know i mean that's yeah. part of the anticipation yeah too yeah. like they're they're anticipating as much as and you I think are. the thing is like yes. any of the relationships I have like if you're close with them and they ask you for something, you know, uh, it never really re- is received as asking, you know, because we're friends. Like, mm-hmm. man, if you texted me mm-hmm. at like midnight, your site was burning down, which may or may not have happened before. Like, dude, I'm on Skype helping sure. you because. And it's not because I, I'm true. like, all right, you know, one of Matt's favors like has been cashed in. Right, right. Yeah. Love yeah. Like your love bank's empty, Matt. Sorry. Love- Good luck with your website. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, o- overdrawn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's like, I can't remember who said it first, but someone said uh, like so much of success is just doing things and telling people. That's it's like. A lot of it. I mean, that's like 
what Money Lab's based on is just me telling people what I'm doing live <laughs> mm-hmm. in public, you know? And I think yeah. that's part of the reason we have, you know, right now about 250 people on the waiting list for um, for Lasso. But we've done, that's all. That's all we've done. We've done, we haven't uh, tapped our other audiences or used um, Product Ton or done Facebook ads or or affiliates mm-hmm. or anything like that. It's just us talking about it on this show, which, you know, has a decent size audience. We're not, we're not, you know, crushing it by any measurable metric. Uh, and mm-hmm. same with the, the the website. The website gets, you know, couple thousand people a month and that's mm-hmm. you know super organic and yeah it's just i'm i'm glad that they're there would love more i think i think a mm-hmm. thousand would be mm-hmm. great you know yeah i one thing that surprised me is i had uh rob walling who is the was the founder of drip he once told me because in my mind it was like no it's all about your personal audience sure like that's everything yeah and I always looked at Rob and said, man, like your personal audience must have killed it for you on all the stuff you've done. And he would always say like, nah, it's like not that big of a part of it. And I was always confused by that. Yeah. Like, what do you mean? It has to help. You have this huge platform. But now I'm starting to get it. It's really helpful to kind of get things started. But eventually you need to find a different engine that's not just focused you. on you. Right. Like, I'm sure part of the Virgin brand is, you know, Richard Branson. Sure. But I'm. they probably sell a lot of plane tickets for other mm. reasons, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> other than just the fact that it's Richard's thing. It's also shut down, so. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Too soon. Too soon, yeah. <laughs> but you're, you're right. I think they're, the, the other engine, I think, and the other engine for you right now, one of them being affiliates, the other one you mentioned earlier, uh, people are searching on Google for best mm-hmm. podcast hosting, and there you are. That's mm-hmm. that's not on your site, right? Because then that would be, oh, of course they're going to put themselves. It's on Transistor.fm. Or did mm-hmm. you like you did do some outreach to some people who were you know writing these articles? I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, we're starting to do some more of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we rank for. Um, I'm always like. <laughs> scared to say what we're ranking for right i guess i mean people can looking see, it up right now like there's a, <laughs> <laughs> we don't one thing we do rank for is private podcast uh-huh and so that was interesting because i put that i i saw that as an opportunity and then um what is it just yeah create a private podcast mm-hmm. and so uh, I saw that as an opportunity. I went after it, and lo and behold, we start getting a lot more uh, people coming in, yeah, at, looking for private podcasting. So it, it has the benefit of intent-based search. Like yeah. if people are searching for something, they, you know, they're they're out hungry. They want to. They they're looking for a solution yep. that day. And I know for you two, <laughs> you two, this is probably like okay, Justin, yeah, but for someone that was so for, focused on personal brand. I remember I sat next to uh, Brian Dean. Is mm-hmm. that his name? The yeah, back back code? Code. yeah. Yeah. And I, we were speaking at a conference and he's like, so what do you do? And I'm like explaining it. And, and he said, so you've done all of this with no SEO. And I'm like, yeah, like I just, it's just all like, and that was so foreign to him 
that it was just all based on my brand. Like mm-hmm. no one, if you search for Justin Jackson, you find like an NFL player, <laughs> and a basketball right. player. Like I'm, it's I've got terrible results for my name, but you know the the brand that I created was driving a lot of that. Interesting, but it uh, SEO is huge. Like people right. actually like sitting down and going, okay, got to solve the boss's problem today. He wants a private podcast. Let's look at private podcast. Okay, yep. a few options. And you think that's a, then, that's a huge channel for you? I think it will be bigger. Mm-hmm. I think I don't think we've quite even scratched the surface yep. of it because the site is, you know, not very old. Mm-hmm. We still have, you know, lots. I, I'm still learning SEO. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's lots of things we can do there. So I'm curious if you were just a bullshit a number, a ballpark it per month. Mm-hmm. How many customers do you think that you're getting per from SEO? Is this like literally the other 60% roughly? Yeah, I would say <sighs> yes. It and, and you okay. have to also understand that well, this 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 goes back and forth sometimes. So yeah, I would say it's probably like 30 60 and 10. Does that add up? So yeah. 30% affiliates, 60% search. Wow. No, sorry. Yeah. And then 10%. Okay, because um, I find personal I brand. find this fascinating. So so in February, yeah. you gained 115 customers. I'm looking at bare metrics right now. Um, yeah. and so 60% of 115 boop beep, boop is 69 people. And I all right, yeah. <laughs> calculators. Um, and I'm looking on Ahrefs, and not yeah. not to be a dick, but uh, your shit is not great. I'm not I'm not impressed by your SEO stuff. And, yeah. But you know, I'm yeah. looking at private podcast and all of like the the, the terms that you uh, uh, rank for, and um, like these are like really targeted searches, and so. Mm-hmm. You know, it it looks like you maybe get three thousand people a month to the site, but sixty nine are converting, which mm-hmm. is like s- real serious income. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. God the, forbid if you see that, that that scales up very well. It sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, man, I should have come more prepared for. No. <laughs> <it's>, uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So I think I think there's. There's some advantages there. The the other thing is that this won't last forever, but right now we're the new kid on the block. Sure. And there's you get some um interest just from being the new thing. Mm-hmm. And so your stuff is, you know, um just a little bit cleaner than some of your competitors. It's like, hey, I'm gonna try this out. This this doesn't look great. Yeah. So let's check this out. So you mentioned earlier about people switching. That was a good thing, right? You said like mm-hmm. about roughly 40% of the people switching away from, you know, is a good sign. And, and um, I want to read a tweet by you, if you don't mind. Yeah. Uh, okay. The tweet was back in February. <laughs> is this like me, me being brought before Congress or something? <laughs> uh, Michael Cohen, uh, we have some questions. Uh, so back in February, you said a lot of bootstrappers think they have a marketing problem. I need to get better at marketing is what they usually say. But it's more likely that you have a product problem. Mm-hmm. Do customers really want this? Do they care enough to switch to a new solution? So how do you get people to switch to your SaaS product when they're already using a similar product? 
So I think the the ongoing theory I have uh-huh. is that it, so outside of so there's definitely just people that just like look for it on Google, find it, and then you know move. Buy. Yeah. There's another group where it's all about, and I'm stealing this from Seth Godin. People like us do things like this. That has a huge amount of power. Hmm. This idea of people like us. Like identifying who they are. Like People like us don't go to Starbucks. Sure. People like us go to this coffee shop. Yes. People like us don't use... Um, I just went blank. Don't use Ma. Don't use Moz. Uh huh. They use Ahrefs. Yeah. Do I say Ahrefs? Ahrefs is right. No, Andrew always says it wrong. (laughs) Okay. Uh, And then there's you. You can create, or there can be. I don't. We'll see if we can create them. But there's movements of oh, people like us now. We don't use Libsyn. We use Transistor. Yes. And when that movement starts. When it feels like everybody is switching from Gmail to Superhuman or from HipChat to Slack, it is very difficult as a human being to not want to join in. And I think I'm feeling that way about um, ConvertKit, to be honest. Yeah, ConvertKit just was able to ride a bunch of this this wave. Yeah. Um, and uh, same with DuckDuckGo. That his his big kind of inflection point came when there's all this, you know, privacy stuff and uh-huh. Google and, you know. So people like us do things like this, I think is a, a really powerful concept and motivates a lot of switching behavior. And so <laughs> uh, now that, that doesn't really match up with that tweet, which is that the tweet is basically saying there has to be something compelling about what you're offering mm-hmm. that would that would make someone switch. And the <laughs> actually this this is almost an opposition to that tweet, which is saying, like it, right now I'm saying some of it is just the momentum yes. that that happens. Yep. And but it it is hard to to have that momentum if the product itself is not good. Sure. So that that tweet was motivated by something Peldy from Balsamic said, which was, you know, if your if your product is remarkable, it's a lot easier to get noticed. Right. And does that have to and be right out of the gate? I think there has to be something. You either have to be new, different, or best. Okay. And different. okay. And if if uh, sorry first. Different or best? Okay, right. Okay, <laughs> same, same as new. And yeah, and so um, the there has to be something remarkable, remarkable about it. I think part of what makes Transistor remarkable is our story, our personal brand, our uh, our transparency. That is part of what makes it remarkable. Yeah, but. There are people that are, you know, these people finding us on Google are going, um, they don't care about that. They're saying, well, I compared your your player to Libsyn's and yours just looks better. Looks better, right. Well, yeah. And so there has to be something remarkable that would make someone switch. And uh, 
another part that I'm I'm kind of addressing with that tweet is <laughs> there, there's people that say, well, I'm going to just build a better version of that thing. Mm-hmm. But better is very uh, subjective. And to get me to switch, like at this point, to get me to switch off Slack, I don't even like love Slack yeah, anymore. Yeah. But to get me to switch... It's a, it's a, you'd have to be pretty fucking awesome. Yeah. yeah. Or something would have had to have happened. Or, or all your people are over there. All of the friends are moving, yeah. which is what, what happened with HipChat, right? Yeah. Like everyone, HipChat must be going, what the hell? Right. Like, what did we do wrong? And in, in a lot of ways, they didn't do anything wrong. They just got hit by this, this wave of... The click moved uh, over. Yeah, yeah, everybody moved. That's interesting. And, it, and when there's enough of that happening, um, which is why you, it's a good idea to amplify when people are, are saying, hey, I just switched to Transistor and I love it. I want to amplify those things because it makes people, oh, well, people like that use products like this. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. that, that's, that's the thing. And so uh, part of Nathan Berry's success with ConvertKit is he said, well, people like us, bloggers, yep. use email software like this. Yeah. If you are a, you know, uh, a local retail store, go ahead, use something else. But people like us, we use tools like this. And there is something really powerful about that. I'm writing that down. Because <laughs> I'm trying to think um, with, with Lasso, the part of, part of like um, what my positioning with it is like, this is for serious bloggers, right? People mm-hmm. who take... People who are like, because they're a blog. I mean, remember back in the day, it was like, your blog is not a business, right? Everyone used mm-hmm. to say that a lot. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, we're trying to turn your blog into a business. So we're not going to, if you if you never want to do that, and you don't want to be serious about that, then we don't want you as a customer. But if you're, re- if you're serious about turning your blog into a business, this is what you should use. Or this is what mm-hmm. they use. People who are also serious with their affiliate marketing or whatever. So that mm-hmm. is that is that does sound powerful to me because I I've been trying to figure out where the positioning is for Lasso. It's mostly like yeah, I mean if you're an affiliate marketer, you can use our product, sure. And if you're on WordPress, yeah, um, mm-hmm. not a powerful place to be. You're like yeah, okay, I have WordPress mm-hmm. and I want affiliate income too. I'm not going to pay forty nine dollars mm-hmm. a month or whatever. So, mm-hmm. but if you're like hey, mm-hmm. if you're fucking serious about this shit, like we are, and you want to, you know, yeah. you're part of this that community of like serious affiliate marketer bloggers, then yeah, this is what you should use. Yes. Mm. Yeah. That, that is, I would say that's good positioning. Okay. And I think you can start practicing this now. So I think I just did. (laughs) Well, yeah, yeah, it's good. It's good. But, but with your landing page right now, like you could have, Hmm. I mean, you could have some human faces on there right now of people that are just like, man, I can't wait for this. Or, um, this is the tool I, 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 I got a sneak peek into this yesterday and this is the tool I've been waiting for. Interesting. Cause now I'm looking at our landing page, which is our headline is your website is under monetized. Be honest. Mm-hmm. You could be making more money, but you're not. So let's fix that. Lasso will manage your affiliate links and help you monetize your site overnight. Want to know how mm-hmm. that feels yeah. like I'm kind of berating people for not 
having a good <laughs> I mean that's what my that's what my angle was was like you yeah. fucked up guy and we're going to yeah. help you fix it. Yeah. You know I mean? yeah. 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 Yeah, which is uh that's actually very common. Okay. And I don't know how effective it is because hmm. that that's kind of like the um that's the classic product person positioning. I'm guilty of it too. It's like uh Basecamp sucks. <laughs> Why are you using Basecamp? Right. I built something better. Yeah. Like come over here. No one really like wants to hang out with that kid. Mm. You know, like um is it a little negative? Yeah, like if you, if you have a friend over at your at your house and and they're looking around they're going like, "Man, your place sucks." Right. <laughs> like you should come to my place. It's way better. Yeah. Like I don't want to play with that kid. Yeah. I want to no He's way. He's all coffee. Yeah. Yeah. But if, if you and your buddies are, I've got four kids, so I see this dynamic all the time. Like my teenager, teenagers, it's like, if your teenage friends are saying, Hey, kids like us play on PlayStation four, right? then you're sure as hell not going to go get an Xbox one. Right. Right. Like there's no way. Um, but (laughs) it's not incredibly motivating to, um, I don't know if I don't know if you can motivate a lot of behavior by going over to your friend's house and going, "Oh, you've got Xbox One, you suck." Yeah, lame. Ugh. Lame. You're like, what? So should I buy something else? Yeah, anything else. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like, fuck me. Yeah, I get that. The uh, and I and I w- one of the reasons I pulled the tweet out was because I I always keep this in the back of my mind and it's so hard to put down on paper, but I've always thought I really want to just spend time building a product. I wish I could just kind of hide away and just develop this like amazing piece of technology, get a few customers. And because it's so great, people will just go like, dude, this is the best thing. And they'll spread it for me. It's sort of like Mm -hmm. Elon Musk, who is building a Tesla, which is an amazing product. And I want, everybody wants a Tesla. And, Mm -hmm. and, and, it's he doesn't really do any other marketing besides like you know say some shit on Twitter and mm-hmm. make something that's kind of awesome. I mean, it's so awesome, like ridiculously awesome. Yeah. Is there anyone in our space? Because I haven't, I don't know anybody who has who has really just focused on making the absolute best product with zero real marketing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is interesting actually because we're really kind of teasing apart um this idea because i've got lots of other ideas that are connected to this Mm -hmm. like i don't think customers necessarily gravitate towards the best product but rather the most desirable product okay so desire is usually a result of you know good product market fit Mm -hmm. good product design and execution and good marketing and there's part of that, like even when I say you don't have a marketing problem, you have a product problem, I think part of that is is a um, how desirable is your product to people. Because HipChat was fine. Yeah. Like it was a good product. It didn't, you know, it wasn't like it had tons and tons of technical problems and people were like, that's it. You're right. I'm done with this. Right. You know, it was, no, it was fine, but... Slack was more desirable. And did the same and thing. So, sorry? Solved the same problem. Solved the same problem. Yeah. Yeah. And you think that's and a marketing so, thing? 
that was a certainly for Slack, right? It wasn't that it wasn't that the product was so much better than HipChat that people were like, well, God, I, I can't even stand using HipChat anymore if if Slack is so much better. It was a marketing position. Ah, uh, so this is where I, I'm glad you're actually like kind of digging into this because I think it is actually way more product. There was desirability was baked in to Slack. Mm-hmm. There was things about it that were just like, wow, this really resonates with people like us, like right. things like this. Right. Like it, it, it really kind of baked into it was like, mm, this is, this is good. Yeah. And when Peldy says, if the product is remarkable, getting noticed is a lot easier. Like best product, uh-huh. quote unquote, that's really hard to figure out. Like they built it in, they built it in Flash. What hip chat? <laughs> no, uh, balsamic. Oh, balsamic. The, 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 I think they just got off Adobe Air, which was like basically a compiled version of Flash. Yeah. I don't know. Like you know, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, Andrew might say, "Well, that." that makes it a bad product. Like it, that means the quality is not good. Sure. But in terms of it being remarkable in the sense that it resonated with people, like they saw it and they're like, Oh, Oh, it's not like perfect. It's not like, it's not like Photoshop. Right. It's like you just drag and drop these things and Oh, this feels good. And Oh, like the, my boss can ask me for something and 10 minutes later I can show him something. And then the boss gives me positive reinforcement. Those are all product decisions, which is why I've had a hard time figuring out what is product and what is marketing. Because they're kind of the same. Part of part of making something remarkable and desirable is just the way you make the product. And you know, best product, like laser dick, laser, laser. <laughs> laser dick. I just said they something, sell that. Something bad. <laughs> <laughs> Laser, it didn't work. Laser disc, you know, was was a better product, you know. Yeah, um, VHS. But but you can tell what's like what's remarkable. You can tell what resonates. You can tell when something people see something and they go, "I want that in my life now." now. Right. And so, yes, I think it has to be remarkable in some way, and it has to be desirable in some way. Got it. And theoretically, you folks have a big advantage here because if if people hear about this, like, hey, what are you using for affiliate management? Oh, I'm using it. You know, if they hear about it and they go, well, you know that what's his name is using right. Lasso. Well, what's that? Well, you know, it has that kind of whisper network. That's what I'm thing. kind of banking on. Yeah. yeah, I'm kind of like banking on that being like a huge... Uh, you know, untrackable metric in our growth, mm-hmm. in our, in our growth. And yeah, you know, I, and I'm sure that you had the same thought, right. With, with transistor, mm-hmm. it's like that, that's yeah. certainly going to exist. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, I think what's going to drive our, our traffic and conversions is going to be different than what drives yours sure. in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause we also have, I'm not sure how, like we have this thing that, if you have the the transistor player embedded on your website, mm-hmm. it's like say it's like some cool folk singer or something, yep. and someone goes to that page and goes, "Oh, this is nice. Who's doing that? Mm, oh, transistor. Right yeah. Uh, so that's another channel. Yeah. 
that we haven't talked about yet. There's there's a little bit of, I guess, uh, virality or something. Yeah. It's like powered but, by. Yeah. Right. And, but word of mouth is amazing. Sure. And uh, I can tell you for Kyle and Rewardful, a lot of what's driven their interest is just word of mouth. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, I've tried every affiliate program. They all are just hard. So gross. Yeah. And then someone's saying, oh man, like you got to try this one. Mm-hmm. That's, that, that's good. Right. <laughs> and, and so the, the key is like, can you like, can you amplify some of that? Can you encourage that? Yeah. Can you, yeah, there's, there's some pieces there for sure. So you are still in, you would still consider yourself early stage SaaS. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Be, because none of the reason, one reason we're okay with sharing our numbers right now, it's early. Yeah. These numbers, everything like our churn could go through the roof yep. tomorrow. Um, like, it, there's, there, there's these numbers. We don't have enough data mm-hmm. for them to be super useful right now. And so, um, yeah, I think it's still early. Uh, we we still don't really know what's going to be a sustainable channel for you know. Like we've got some ideas. Sure. There's still lots of exploration. You know, as Andrew points out, our SEO sucks. We've got lots of work to do there. Like, you know, like the, this is early. Sure. And um, I, in my mind, I think I'm hoping, you know, that we get to kind of base level for us is probably 20K a month. And, you know, if we got there in two years from launch, that would be pretty amazing. And that would, you would consider that being successful. I would I would consider that like okay good now we've got that's one platform for us to stand on cool. and then this is going to be you know another you know the cost of building something like this mm-hmm. is 10 years of your life right <laughs> plus everything that you bring to the table yeah. before that yeah so it's like every everything you've earned up to this point that you're now investing in this mm-hmm. Every like bit of technical know-how, every bit of you know expertise, relationship, everything. You got to give all of that. That's the cost, mm-hmm. and then you got to give another ten years of your life. So it's just a long, and long play. It's just a long, long play. Yeah. So after all that you've been through so far with this, and obviously with your background in it, doing it since two thousand eight. Hmm. How familiar, I guess my preface, preface is like, how familiar are you with Lasso, the product that we're building? So I know about it just because I've heard you talk about sure. it on the show. And uh, from what it sounds like is you like put this thing in your WordPress site mm-hmm. and then it just automatically tracks all your links for you mm-hmm. and makes you more money. Yeah, I mean that's a good good way to sell it. Uh, yeah, I mean basically it, it does track all your links. It 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 brings them. It's like a link manager in a sense, but it also allows you to instantly monetize any of those links with a click of a button. So if you have a link that's mm. like if I have a link going to transistor.fm because you didn't have an affiliate program at the time, right? But mm-hmm. I wrote an article about podcast hosting and I linked to you. Well, now you start oh, yeah. an affiliate program. I add that once. I go through all those old links and just swipe. And boom, and they're all they're all now monetized. 
Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah, see? Yeah. So, <laughs> that, that, that's, it's, you know, and that's just one example of how you could use it for, like, what, you know, because that's actually what I did. I just installed it on Money Lab, mm -hmm. and I had linked out to Transistor a bunch in a few posts, mm -hmm. and I went, yesterday, I went back and flipped them all over so that they're on the uh, the affiliate one. But it's one nice. link to manage. So, if, you know, we're Woodful, you know, I don't, I'm not wishing that ill will, but, like, if they go out of business and yeah. you switch, or you switch, a, a, you know, providers to, you know, something else, I can just go mm -hmm. in, change that URL, and it's updated across the whole site. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. It, and it, I, my, my, my selfish question is yeah. if you had to just give us one piece of advice on starting and launching and running a SaaS company based on what you know, what would that be? Mm. Oh, man. I know it's a big, it's a loaded question. I mean, you you definitely need to talk about it a lot, okay, in all sorts of places, and and the sharing what you're working on is just a really great way to do that, like and even just small little pieces. Mm -hmm. So, um, like Andrew could be sharing bits of code that he just figured out, like just figured out this thing, super helpful to get unblocked on this one piece. Just sharing stuff like that or oh, just testing between these two variants, you know, for the homepage, which do you prefer? Right. And just keeping it in people's minds, mm. you know, like top of mind, like what is that thing? Oh, yeah, that's what it, what are they working on? Oh, yeah, that's, that's Got it. it. I think that's really helpful. It also gives, eventually you want people sharing things via word of mouth, but some of that ha happens because of training, you know how to talk about something because you've heard it before. Right. Uh, the other thing I would be doing is because you have a beta customer right now, Couple, right? Yeah, I would if they are okay with it. I would be putting their faces on your homepage now. We like, could check out who, certainly do that. With a few check people. out who's already using Lasso. So we've just begun, and just like little faces, dun, dun. yeah, and. There's so much power in when people see this growing army of like, like, oh, whoa, they're using it. They're using it. What am I missing out on? I mean, if I'm being honest, you reached out to me for Transistor because I was I, would, I was t publicly talking about starting a podcast for like a year. You reached mm -hmm. out to me. And I think the thing that sold me the most was like Cards Against Humanity. And I am I am a subscriber yeah. to that. Uh, like I did, I, I donated to the, what is it? Cards Against Humanity Saves America or some shit like that. Yeah. And yeah. they had this, and I remember them getting the good news podcast and I was like, that's genius. Yeah. Like what a genius yeah. idea. Cause I'm just like a Cards Against Humanity, like fanboy and all their marketing. And yeah. when you said that, I was like, that legitimized it for me. I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, you know, whether mm -hmm. it was, you know, it is social proof. It's what it's what that was. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, and think about again what Pat Flynn did for ConvertKit. As soon as you know Pat Flynn's using it, yeah. a lot of questions disappear. Like, uh, can they handle my email yeah. list? Well, Pat Flynn's using it. Sure. Um, can you handle my podcast? Well, Cards Against Humanity is using it. Yeah. It 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 really helps. And mm. it, it it the legitimizing is is very powerful. Yeah. Yeah. So I think everybody can do that when they're building products sure. and 
you, you can start doing it now and it doesn't have to be in a in a sleazy way. It could just be like, hey, check out who's using it now or look how this person is using it um, or just a really encouraging day today. We had one of our customers send us the screenshot. It's like how much they've earned. It's super, you know, really helpful. Yeah. And uh, people, uh, I'm trying to give an example. I've seen products that I think are really good uh-huh. that are, for example, earning customers lots and lots of money, but nobody's talking about it. Right. And, uh, when people start talking about it, that's when they notice. It's like, oh, okay, whoa, oh, that's interesting. They made how much? Hmm. And that gets shared like all over the place. Yeah. People, people start talking about it. So, right. put some faces on your homepage. That and that's and we can do that very tongue in cheek if mm-hmm. we wanted to. Yeah, I mean, a lot <laughs> yeah. of things can be done. That a lot of th- a lot of like douchiness can be hidden with just being honest about what you're doing. Sure. Yeah. Just don't get too smart about it. Sure. Because sometimes when you're being smart, you're just hiding insecurity. Yep. So you want to you want to do it in a way that is like saying, you know, here's people that are using yeah. it, uh, and we're we're we are okay with that. You know, like, I, I that that's funny you bring that up because uh, Chase uh, Chase Reeves gave mm-hmm. me that advice when I launched uh, Asana for bloggers and my original sales video was very purposefully like written and I memorized it and it was awkward. It was so awkward. Mm. And I was trying to like make people feel uncomfortable watching the sales video. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. sent it to him because I know like we share a similar sense of humor. And he went, he he t- he called me back and he was like, do you want to make people laugh or do you want to make people buy? And yeah. I was like, ugh. I want people to he's yeah. like I want people to buy it. He's like, "Well, then this is not going to work." Cuz it was way yeah. too weird and awkward. And like there's there's obviously things that like Cards Against Humanity is a great example of people who do that very well. They mm-hmm. certainly didn't start that way and and you know, yeah. now they can sort of do that because it's hilarious. But mm-hmm. you know, and that's what made me fall in love with them. That's not what made me buy Cards Against Humanity, you know. The product mm-hmm. is what made me buy Cards Against Humanity. The marketing I'm just yeah. a fanboy of. You yeah. Know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. Exactly. So what's what's next for transistor? Where where does this go? Like in, in oh, the recent man. in the in the near future. Um yeah, I mean, we're still moving forward. We're just trying to hit um we've just got milestones, like next milestone is ten thousand cool. a month. And then um we Yeah, it's it's hard to say when it's so early. Yeah. Like we we have some really cool stuff we want to build. Mm-hmm. And we also, like, I just want to make people successful. So the biggest risk for us is someone signs up and never publishes an episode. Uh, I want to try to think about creative ways to solve that problem. Um, And a lot of it is just kind of like slowly, like every day, like, okay, I'm going to write an article. I'm going to write a help doc. I'm going to create a video. I'm thinking in very small pieces right now. Because we still don't know where it's going. A lot. Yeah. yeah. That's smart. I think that's what we want to do as well. Yeah. But I mean, I'm excited. Like the growth is good. People are, love the product. People are talking about the product. Mm-hmm. Um, I like, I really like doing customer support for it. We have this 
you know, one of those chat widgets and I'm just in there all day, just like responding to people, uh, asking a lot of like, where did you hear about us? What made you switch? What brought you here today? Yep. Like what's, what's going on in your life that brought you here today? This is weird, you know, that you're, you showed up. Um, so you're taking care of that personally. And yeah. more of like an educational oh, yeah. piece. Eventually, you know, hopefully, I guess you'd want to hand that off. But for now, it's super informative in your growth. Yeah, maybe. Who yeah. knows? I mean, uh, we, we st- we're still trying to decide what kind of company we're going to be. Mm. And sometimes you get to choose that and sometimes you don't. Right. We've said we would be perfectly happy if it was just the two of us forever building this little business. And, you know, I don't know if it does $50,000 a month. In revenue, that'd be awesome. that would be that'd be great. Yep. Um, and beyond that, you know, maybe it needs to grow, maybe, but you don't know until you get right. there. And so, uh, we're <laughs> we're we're actually trying to not make too many decisions when we don't know. Hmm. So we're just like, you know, there's that decision making part of the decision making process where you're just like climbing the hill, and you just don't know. And people are saying, come on, make a decision. But it, nothing's clear. It's just like, I don't, I, we don't know yet. Makes sense. But then when you get to the point where you're like, oh, wait, now I can see it. It all clicks. It's here. Now we can make a decision. Um, so we're trying not to be too fast about any of yeah. this. Just trying little things okay, here and let's, there. Let's just like keep working, keep talking to folks, you know, keep doing things. Cool. I will say what... Uh, if for anyone else that's building a SaaS, uh, Jason Cohen just wrote an article called Kung Fu. Uh, I can send it for you for your show that's notes. That's the WP Engine dude? Yeah. And it's, I think you folks would really like it. Uh, Jason is like an engineer by kind of training. He's very analytical and he just has all of this bite-sized advice for building a SaaS in one article. And so if your listeners are interested, it's really Yeah, good. and and on that note, Nathan just posted something very similar with the mm-hmm. 15 lessons in 15 million a month or a year or whatever. Yeah, yes. Yeah, and there's some good lessons there too, yeah. for sure. Yeah, I think those little bite-sized things that kind of slap you in the face a bit, yep. um, like Jason's got all this kind of like, uh, I don't like freemium. I want to learn from people who care enough to pay, not from the 20X more who don't. Yep. You know, he's got these like very, and they may or may not be true for you, mm-hmm. but it's nice having someone with a point of view saying, this is how I feel. what I've seen. Yeah. This is what I've seen. Yeah. So uh, I think people would really benefit from both of those. Those are great. Cool. Uh, Andrew, is there anything else that we missed that we should cover before we head I'm out? I'm good. I thought that, I felt like that was a pretty woke conversation. I opened a ton of browser <laughs> tabs as a result. <laughs> nice. I mean, I mean, nice. Certainly a selfish episode for us, but I mean, it's 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 yeah, eye opening for sure. And we're just getting started. We're still very. I mean, we're not even. You know, we're still basically in beta right now, so. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a much smaller product in my eyes, but, you know, it's just interesting. Yeah, no, I, I think you're onto something. I think there's lots of, um, there, there's lots of ways you could go with yep. it for sure. And I mean, if you already have people using it, mm-hmm. are they paying? Yeah. We have no okay, free that, customers at all. 
Yeah, that's not even great. us. Yeah. We're, we're paying for our own product. Oh, yeah. nice. Oh, wow, that's yeah. awesome. I've I've never. That's really cool, actually. Yeah, yeah. getting people to pay early is so helpful. Yeah. Just if you even if you're going to launch freemium eventually, I recommend like credit card up front, and it it you learn so mm-hmm. much from those folks that cared enough to to take their mm-hmm. wallet out of their pants yep. and take out the credit card and like that. That still blows my mind that that happens on the internet. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Well, uh, Justin, thank you for coming on, man. Again. Oh, yeah. Yeah, thanks. Anytime. Um, Andrew, of course. Thank you. I just sat here and just like read the things that Justin brought (laughs) up. Open up. up. (laughs) Every browser tab. I know the product on pricing. Uh, All that. All right. Well, I want to thank Todd for sending in my new middle name. Would you like to buy my condo? Todd. Would you like to buy my condo? That would be great. I would, you know, if you live in New Jersey and uh, you want a condo, it's for sale, right? It could be for sale at any time. It's vacant as we speak. Uh, so going bid is 23,000. No, it's not. Yeah. No, it's not. Well, but people can upbid it. People can so up I think it. this is good. I think, I think Andrew's initial thing was good. Yeah. Now people, it's, it's at 23, just you know calling your it's bids. like ebay you started at 99 cents and you just wait for it to naturally come up to the price it's it, you deserve yeah except all the bid updates happen when you publish a podcast <laughs> it's like the slowest I auction know, ever <laughs> uh i want to thank our guest justin jackson justin where should people go to find you online uh i write at justinjackson.ca mm-hmm. and transistor.fm sweet um andrew thanks again of course for coming on Head over to Money Lab to read more about our business experiments like the one for Lasso and our challenges. And you can email me, Matt, at moneylab.co with topics you'd like us to discuss on this show. And feel free to send me a new middle name suggestion. I want a new one because that one is terrible. Uh, (laughs) Unless it works, then it's great. If you like this show, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Player FM, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or wherever you normally listen to podcasts. And when you do, leave a review. All right, that's it. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Bye-bye. Please tell your friends about this show. Bye.